spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Welcome into DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. And this is my trusty cohort, Jason. Hello. All right, so just a big spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Gotham 202, Knock Knock, we are going to spoil the living hell out of it. We are doing this episode a little later than we should have. Um, Apologies for that. Uh, We had some technical issues, but we're doing it now. So here we go. Um, God, if there was ever an episode that would quell my fears this is it this is oh man so much stuff happened in this episode yeah this um this episode as a whole kind of had like a come to jesus with you um you, <laughs> you really were a lot happier with this one and um you know specifically as happy as you were it was even more impressive given the the sheer amount of the plunky music that you hate so much because mm-hmm. it's all over the damn place mm-hmm. like even i was tired of it i know yeah uh, but but there it was but even like a character that I've been very disinterested in so far, uh, Theo Gallivan, we start off with him. He's got the mayor trussed up and he's got this medieval looking torture chamber looking box on his head and he's threatening him with a spider. And if he doesn't like, he either gets bitten by the spider and, uh, or he, uh, he, he like calls up his secretary and says that he's, he's run off with some random woman. And of course the press will have a field day with that. So he's he has to he has to decide and he chooses the latter, and uh, oh man, just like some of the some of the crap Theo was telling the mayor about how the the city will run red with blood and and oh man, just he he actually became an interesting character to me in this episode for some yeah. reason. I I still I've 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 had hope for him the entire time just because I've seen him in a few. I've seen him in a few things. He's always been, uh, mm-hmm. his, he's done his job to say the least. Now, sometimes he's worked mm-hmm. with stronger and weaker material and that reflected strongly, but I always felt like he did his part. So as long as they gave him something good to work with, I feel like we're in good shape with this guy. Yeah. And of course, uh, the mayor, uh, uh as portrayed by, uh, Richard Kind, uh, mm-hmm. great comedic actor, uh, great dramatic actor, but he, he kind of like this scene, really like sends it into some comedic territory because is he's funny even though he's being tortured he's funny like i've been watching that dude like um i think you said since uh, uh what is spin city? spin city is where you've been I watching him? him as far as i can remember uh, yeah i i was watching him since mad about you right um 
great actor. Um, always happy to see him. I kind of hope they don't kill him off mm. because I just really always enjoy him every time I see him. So we we get this um, we we cut to this newspaper room where this dude is yelling about how the these these reporters have got to go out and find these stories and everything. And the whole time he's standing in front of this big window and like Jerome is just dropping people. Well, he's, he's having <laughs> off, amygdala drop off. people. <laughs> right, he's, he's just the, having the, amygdala to drop left. people. That's the spot, you know. Right, it's like these people are just like falling from the roof past this this giant window. Yeah, and great really, comedic moment in the it's, show. It's a neat they scene because really it, it it seems funny. Uh, just watching Jerome, watching Jerome's reaction, watching the news people's reaction, it all seems like it's kind of a lighthearted scene. No, six innocent people just just got murdered. It, There's no it, such no, thing as an innocent person, Jason. <laughs> not in Gotham. Um, no, seriously, they. It, it was a nice introduction, I think, to the homicidal aspect of having this guy out on the streets. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, so we have a, a great scene where uh, Tigress and, and Barb are whipping the mayor, and he's still got the box on his head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think at this point, Galvin's proved his point, and now they're just having some fun right. with him. And I, I really loved that Theo is teaching the maniacs um, about stage presence and theatricality. Oh like, yeah, and he that hit home hard. That was that was really good. Uh, his uh, even his flair while he's talking about it's fun to watch. And he could not have found a better pupil than Jerome. Oh man. Um, so interesting things are going on with uh, with Alfred and and Bruce and mm-hmm. uh, oh my god, like. Alfred busts up Thomas Wayne's computer. Alfred's a dick. <laughs> right. And he does it with conviction, too. Like, he doesn't want Bruce to get in on this. He tells him, uh, there's a great little dialogue bit where he tells uh, he tells Bruce, this computer is a smoking gun. Guns mm-hmm. are for grownups. And Alfred goes, that's a metaphor, Alfred, not an argument. Which was, um, oh, man, that was good. That was so good. It was. It was so good. And then... After he busts up the computer, Bruce fires Alfred. Right. It's like the ex- exactly the thing. Like, we hated that in Dark Knight Rises. Right. Because it was done so but, poorly. Well, it was done poorly because it was, Bruce is a grown-ass man. Well, yeah. It was, well, I say done poorly. It wasn't, I, again, actors aren't always the problem. I didn't think either one of them right. did a bad job in the scene. It was ill-conceived. No. Yeah, it was. Like, at that point, you, like, Alfred didn't give him a note. Right, right. It was bad. Here, because this is what we talked about with when uh, when he okay when he gets fired in the in the movies. It's it's wrong for a lot of reasons. One is that these are issues mm-hmm. that Bruce should have dealt with when he was a boy instead of a grown ass man. That's taken an entire city on his back. Um, mm-hmm. And the other end was Alfred. You agreed to this shit. Don't back out now. If you wanted to yeah. not be a part of it, you should have said I don't want to be a part of it. You're half assing it. You you said you're in. I'll be in. But this is this is where we get the scene. Where Bruce says, "Okay, you're fired," then goes after him eventually. Like, there's even a, a really just heart wrenching scene where Alfred kind of goes in. And he's like, "Well, I'm off then," and he's like, "Fine," <laughs> you know. And he's yeah. like, "What was that?" And he's like, "I said goodbye." Oh, yeah, it's like, it's really rough. It's a bad. Like, it was it was painful to watch. And you, this thing is, it's you know the scene. Everyone's seen that scene over and over again. And it it, mm-hmm. hurt, it it takes so long to do, and every part of it was excruciating because you just, God, you felt bad for Alfred. But he really yeah, does. Like but, you said, you know, there's conviction. When he's down there in the cellar, he decides that the computer should go. He picks up a baseball bat, and it goes. Oh, yeah. I yeah. did I did wonder where the why the fuck do you have a baseball bat down there by your computer? 
Well, by that measure, why do you have, you know, a bulletproof vest with, with three slugs in it and <laughs> what appears to be a, a number of... Uh, Actually, that's a good point. We've been talking about the... It's, <laughs> crime it's, fighting it's a show where Gotham equipment. grows up in front of our eyes and apparently there was an entirely different conception of Batman as Thomas Wayne had it. His right. was, His was more baseball related. Right, right. As- it, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Entirely different play. Oh, I think Bruce gets to about teenage years. He's like looking around. God, my dad was lame. Right. Um, <laughs> Baseball. But I still want to honor sport. his memory. Right. I want to oh, honor his man. memory, but in a way that's different. But I'll what's, what's different beautiful time. about this? What's beautiful about this is Bruce does. He goes back to he goes to the train station. He finds Alfred. He says, "Look, I'll take you back." But there are stipulations like you have to do this my way. I'll go back. I'll go back to school if you'll come back. But, you know, and they both they have this very like very terse conversation where they basically like negotiate how this is going to work. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really like because both of them were so hard headed and just I don't know. It was oh, there so it's good. two mules having a discussion, but they need each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They absolutely mm-hmm. need each other. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no version where where these two can walk away and be complete people ever again. Yeah. Now, um, after that, after that, with Alfred, we see him go to Lucius, and he basically threatens Lucius in the most British and amazing way possible. Yeah, he says he's gonna wrap him up like a kipper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's a kipper? It's a smoked fish. Um, right. But no, he outright he does. He outright says that like. If he is misleading Bruce or going to hurt Bruce in any way, he will kill him. Yeah, there's no and, dis- like. Uh, well, he starts all British with a nice little side story, and he saunters up all under kind of different pretenses. And um, man, he's got some. He he's suave when he wants to be, right? Like he he walks right into this situation with, with all the confidence you could you could ask for. There are con men that could learn a few things easy. And um, man, mm-hmm. by the end of it, he is downright well, I mean, gangster with him. It, it, it's yeah. I mean, if you're going to grow up to be Batman, you might as well... I mean, I guess the best possible scenario for that would be to grow up with a butler who is, like, former SAS. Right. Like, just straight up MI6 shit. Just it, His his well, surrogate it, dad it, is James Bond. It saves on payroll, what, too, what, to have a butler and security guard combined. Right. It's frugal. Um, his surrogate dad could have actually been in the Avengers at some point. Not not the right. Marvel Avengers, the, the old Emma Peel show. Anyway... <laughs> um, that thing no one can find anymore on the internet right because right. Whedon killed it yeah damn <laughs> what a loss so jumping back to jumping back to uh, Theo Gallivan and, and him teaching uh, the criminals uh, theatricality uh, we, we 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 have a, a scene where uh, oh the cannibal guy what was his name Woodward or something or uh, I don't we, know. This is but, the third time we've asked ourselves what that was, and we haven't bothered to look him up yet. And part of that's because uh, he's dead now. Well, I don't he's give, dead I don't now. care. Yeah, he's right. a, he's a right. whatever. Yeah, but I, I really loved that Like he picks up a sword, and Jerome wants the sword. Oh, man. Like They're arguing about who will be the boss, and Theo just kind of brings him a gun and tells him, like, you know this game. Oh, yeah, we like this game. Okay, cool. No, Jerome says he likes and, the game. Uh, the other guy starts, starts showing signs of fear then. And, uh, yeah, and this is where uh, it, if if there was a moment, like I feel like this is a defining moment between people who 
do or don't like the way Jerome's doing this character. If you liked him mm. already, this sealed the deal completely. If you were on the fence, mm. I think you probably made it into one of the two camps after this discussion. And if you yeah. hated him after this Definitely. and before it, then there's, I mean, you've, you've made your decision. I don't, know if he, I don't know if you're coming back, but there can't be too many people on the fence now. Yeah, no, I liked, I've, I've liked him since the beginning, the same time. Some of his stuff is a little hammy. Yeah. I, um, he hangs out in that area, but he's, he's asked to do a, a character that's so over the top that we have mm-hmm. to expect some of it to get a little, a little over the top. I was sitting there watching that, and, um, you know, when you start out with, uh, you have a certain amount of odds with Roulette. All right, well, the cannibal guy is the first to grab the gun. Of course, they're still posturing right now. He's the first to grab the gun, he shoots himself, or he pulls the trigger. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, it's five, five, and you got one. Hands it back. Jerome's got a 20% chance of killing himself now. Jerome clicks it again. 25% chance. Clicks it again. 33% chance. Clicks it again. 50% chance now handing it back to the guy. <laughs> Man, them ain't good odds, brother. <laughs> They're not. One of, the, one of the things you love most watching it, like Jerome's speech when he's doing it, you know, what's grace under pressure or what's courage, grace under pressure, what's uh, what's the secret to comedy timing? Um, and then just simply staring him down and who's the boss? One more click. I'm the boss. And Theo, who's been duck, literally ducking out of the way the entire time, because who wants to be the guy who got killed by the ricochet on a Russian roulette game? That's just, that's a shitty way to die. Mm-hmm. And it's got to, it's just got to suck. Um, Actually, if they had, if they had done that, if he had handed it back to uh, Cannibal. Right. That's what I'll call him now. Cannibal. Yeah. If I mean, they had handed it back to him and he shot himself and it, and Theo Gallivan had just like been shot by the ricochet and died. <laughs> That would have been a lot of fun. A lot of buildup for a character who dies in the second episode, and we could have had a great scene where Jerome just kind of looks at his dead body and goes, huh. Oh. <laughs> you can and see him just kind of, huh. And then realizes, yeah. well, I own this mansion now. <laughs> Come fight me for it. Um, yeah, that would have been, oh, that would have been, uh, that would have been good. But you can tell during that conversation, like, he's ducking out of the way, but he is eating it up. He is loving that, like, Jerome is already displaying the kind of, um, the, the kind of theatrics that he was hoping to train. And he's, he's just walked in the door with it. It's freaking perfect. Well, this bastard grew up in the circus. His whole life is theatricality. Right. Well, we say he grew up in the circus. We don't really know. I mean, I don't remember if he said how long he'd been raised there. Well, no, I mean, he was. He was raised there. He was raised yeah, there. Yeah, his parents were two circus performers. They were. I, I, I was trying to remember if the story was continuous, if they had dipped in and out of it. But no, they were there, and they were raised there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he should pretty much have this under his wing already. And he does, you know, when he does uh, the first little test, he gives them, like, who can say the ladies and gentlemen thing, and Jerome pops up on the chair at seat of his chair and does it with all the flourish you can hope from a lion tamer. But yeah, like mm-hmm. in this conversation, you, you the look on the on Cannibal Dude's face versus the look on Jerome's, it is very clear who here has pissed their pants and who hadn't. A winner yeah. has been decided, and you can see Theo just reaching in to grab the gun, almost thinking to himself, "Why let Cannibal guy shoot himself? We're gonna need that extra pair of hands." Mm-hmm. No, no point for at least one job, right? <laughs> but come on, you, you're dealing with a kid like Jerome. You know, you're just setting people up until he shoots them, until he gets them killed or kills them himself. Yeah. Like, his department, if you're running a business, is not going to have a great retention rate. <laughs> not happening. Now, the um, the school bus with the cheerleaders. Uh-huh. Did you actually want them to die? I was so torn. I, I kind of really I wanted kinda them to really die. I kind of really did want them to actually go through with it. I kind of thought it was a yeah. little cheesy that Gordon happened upon it. 
Yeah. I mean, I would have been like, this is this is TV, man. We can't do certain things, and there's no point. You don't have to do this to tell. I don't have to see the little the the 17 year old girls burning to make this story count for me. If you had cut, like once once you got the idea of what they were doing, if you had cut, come back come back from commercial and you know shown me a smoldering bus, I know what had happened. I didn't have to see it. Yeah, but I mean, I don't need to see the bodies. No, I mean, this didn't have to be an episode of Bones. I could just to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I, we saw those, we, you know, I like to imagine they could have just, you know, reused the effects from the opening credits of Constantine. But yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like, we can't show 17-year-old girls getting burned to death in a bus, but people writhing in hell. That's no problem. We can Put do that. Put that in the opening credits. You know, throw that on every episode, right. mandatorily. Stamp it. Well, um, somebody's so. going to tell you, like, well, one of the writhing souls in the opening shots of Constantine was actually a 17-year-old girl who died on a bus. Well, show it anyway. We don't have to show the backstory. And by the way, when they Shove capture the that head. dude, when they capture that dude and mm-hmm. he's going to talk, damn, Tigress. Sniper Tigress. Oh, man. She, no, no. <laughs> don't fuck with her. Oh, I actually, man. Something that, that was... uh, I, I, hadn't, I had forgotten to mention to you before. Um, something that was kind of nice about this episode was, you know, we thought it was fun to watch uh, the mayor getting whipped, but it was, you know, if you actually look behind yeah, him. Yeah, it was. Tigress and Barbara are just giggling, giggling away. I mean, it's actually that, that those are full blown, really happy, enjoying themselves smiles. Uh-huh. You would think they were playing a game of badminton with a mint julep in their hand. Yeah. It, well, who wouldn't want to whip a fat mayor with a box on his head? Depends on the mayor. Hmm? Depends on the mayor. <laughs> Could name several that I've had exactly that fantasy about. Um, right. And but in this case, like when did the whole season when Tigress is being just a card carrying bad girl? Remember back at that scene when you did see her smile? Yeah. While she's assassinating the fuck out of the rest of the city? Mm-hmm. Or at least a little dirty squealer. <laughs> you can't have those. You just can't. No. No. Now, um, no. something that was lacking from this episode. Do you ever... And this is a problem that we may have with Gotham as it goes on. Because you can't address everything at once and there's a lot going on. Do you ever find yourself enjoying an episode, getting to the end of the episode, and kind of going, Aw, a penguin. Mm, no. I know we'll get enough of them later. You're just having faith in the whole process? Yeah, I mean... I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I have we'll faith in the process. I, like, this was a huge Jerome episode. We're probably getting a penguin, like, this week. I get it. I know how the game yeah. is. But do you ever just find yourself, like, you, you enjoy the episode, and then you think, oh, it'll have to be another week before I get to see penguin again? It, it, I really don't. I. You're just hanging in there? My, being a trooper? Yeah, I'm good. Right. I'm good. Like, okay. I've, I've seen enough of, of dude playing penguin. Like, not that I don't like him. I really do like him a lot, but oh, yeah. same you, time. Like, you've expressed you know. great affection for everything but well, his hair. Yeah, like last season we got so much of him, though. Like, I was, well, I became a feared. That I became a feared that we were going to get the, the burnout out on, on drama penguin. hour. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, be so I'm... I'm happy to see them stray from him just a bit. Um, speaking of characters that I'd like to see them stray from, Nigma, um, still disinterested <laughs> with his double talk. I, <clears throat> I was glad. I was happy that they didn't do the mirror again. Now as they long just as got I him. don't see the mirror again, I'm good. And there was a great bit where like he's like yelling at himself and throwing like he throws he throws papers at himself and like looks over and there's just like this cop and the cop just has this look on his face. He's just staring at him, like he. <laughs> He just has the most befuddled look on his face, and it cracked me up. Like, I even uh, rewound it and watched it over like again. like a post-donut coma expression. 
it, it a little it a little bit is yeah yeah he has <laughs> no idea like that that intake of carbs and sugars did not prepare him for walking in on on Nigma throwing papers at himself right right oh man okay um one thing I want to get to before we get to the bulk of the climax here I mm-hmm. I love that Bruce told Alfred you're either with me or against me mm-hmm. And uh, specifically with his... Dude, Bruce is getting biblical on Alfred. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, this man. is, you know, this is a, a person who's going to grow up to be one of the more determined humans in the history of fiction. Um, you know, surely he's pretty decisive as a youngin. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> <laughs> pretty decisive as a youngin. Right. <laughs> I would reckon. <laughs> a stern youngling. He um that two major two majorly fun things happened out of that conversation with him and him and uh, Bruce uh, Bruce and Alfred though and one mm-hmm. MI six training for for uh, for Bruce right right I, I I there's not enough time and to for me to really express how happy that makes me mm-hmm. um just several exclamation points worth of happy and two Bruce going back to school. I can deal with that. Yeah, that that can be very interesting. I can deal with that. As you pointed out, that's basically, you know, the that's the, the doorbell for Silver St. Cloud. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I think it would have to be. That's, surely that's where we meet that character. But um, And I, I sincerely hope we get a little more Tommy Elliott. I, I wouldn't mind a little more of that back and forth. Uh, I, I would kind of like to yeah. see Bruce, like, walk past him in the hallway and give him that, what, I beat your ass look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, it, the thing is, like, how how long can Bruce run around with full grown adults and homeless kids before he eventually has to go have a healthy relationship with a peer? Mm. You got to get that in there forever. And, yeah. <laughs> no. That's the thing is, like, he's <laughs> you know he's he's gonna grow and learn how to be. Uh, he's gonna grow and learn how to be you know Batman at, over the years, but he's also gonna learn how to put up the Bruce Wayne mask and. Going to school, right. I think, is going to be an important, important thing for that. I'd like to see him learn how to be Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne as much as I'd like to see him learn how to be Batman. Yeah, and they have said that, that's, that they're going to go that way uh, in this season. They're yeah, the, the kid show was him kind of doing the Playboy thing. It. Yeah. He was excited. Yeah, so. so Barbara shows up at the police station and uh, lures Jim out into an alley. Now, I mean, I know she's psychotic, but it was a little irksome that she was kind of, I don't know acting like this was all Jim's fault. Like, I tried to tell you. Like, no, you didn't. It, you were like, I can handle this. Her level of... I can of, handle your life. Her level of delusion, I didn't question that for a second. What I questioned was before that, um, look, if, my, if I have an ex as crazy as Barbara and she shows up at my workplace uninvited, I'm going to get the mm. best friend I have at that workplace to quietly go remove her from the scene because there's no way I'm walking outside with her. I'm not I'm not going to meet with her at my workplace. I'm not going to walk outside in private with her. We're not having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, if you had done that, you'd probably be dead because that's when the maniacs attack. Presumably. Um, and they kill every damn body. I mean, every <laughs> Pretty damn much. body. We, we thought it was going to be Penguin that dropped a lot of blood uh, just because we didn't... We on it. Did you think Jerome was going to kill this many people? I, I thought they would lead up to it more. No, this is episode fucking two, and he's dropping, dropping folk. It's I know pretty great. 
<laughs> well, I mean, he had to catch up because, you know, he had that great scene with uh, the cannibal where he's like, uh, you know, how many, what, what is it? How many people do you have to eat before it gets tired? Oh, yeah. He asks him, uh, is, is it what have you done? You chop up your mommy and he kind of gives, he, he gives him that like, yeah, okay, everybody has to start somewhere. And I, I thought that was a fun back and forth. Yeah. And then um, he kind of gives him the, you know, uh, his his retort is, but, you know, but I have, I have brains, I have vision, you know, what did you do? You eight, eight, 12, 12 little girls. Like how long, how long can you keep doing that before everyone needs to get tired of your stick? You know, to which the cannibal replies, you know, I could eat one more. I, I like the mm-hmm. back and forth. The, the dialogue in this thing was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, was specifically, I'll always remember the cannibal for saying I could eat one more. That was, that's how I choose right. to remember him. <clears throat> mm, I will, uh, you gonna, I will always remember him for getting killed for stepping on the punchline. Yeah, for stepping on the punchline. Like, that the was my first, line. Probably the first. Possibly the first. We'll just say possibly the first person in, in what will be the Joker's uh, history to have died mm-hmm. for stepping on his punchline. Yeah. At least the first Love recorded. That line. Now, uh, so, yeah. Sarah Essen, dead. Yeah, and I, I meant to apologize. Huge. Or recant or rephrase or however you want to do it. Um, I do believe mm-hmm. you were right that they were trying to set Sarah Essen up as being the inside man. Yeah. I just believe they did a really shitty job at it and that I never Agreed. bought it. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm willing to accept that's where they, what they were trying to do, but come on, man. Like it, she never she never struck me as the person who was going to be able to actually change anything from inside. She just struck me as the person who was hanging on anyway because she didn't have the guts to do something else. Right. Um, and I can I can see why you would say that. I... It's just I. It seemed to me that they had a an unspoken bond that they were. I mean, not even unspoken. They'd said it, but kind of. But uh, they were hints. Yeah. They just. Anyway. I never. They didn't sell it for me. Um. But in retrospect, and especially after this episode, I did. I decided you were probably right. If you know, esoterically at least. So mm-hmm. sure. Um. But all of our speculation about Essen and Gordon. Just, Dead yeah, on a stick. Gone. <laughs> gone. Like, this, that is one of the things that really excited me about the episode because I was like, holy shit. Did shit they happened. just kill, did they actually just kill Gordon's future wife? And of course right. they did. <laughs> of course they did. Like, oh man, there's no telling where the show is going to go. And that's what makes it exciting for me. Like, I... When you when you look at a at a prequel and you say how are we going to make this story work because we know certain things about certain characters and we know that the main characters can't die we know who's supposed to be part of well, the Gotham mythos yeah right. yeah and like just um, the actress who played Sarah Essen was uh, saying uh, in an interview after this episode premiered uh, that no one is exempt. Like, no one is exempt from this. Like, you could kill anybody, and that's what they're going with. Like, they are open to killing anyone, doing anything they want to, essentially, with this. And, man, that's, that's some balls, and I've got to give them, give them props for that at the very least. Yeah. I mean, you have to earn it. You have to make it worth it. If you just start killing people just to be different, we're, we're going to call you on it. I mean, the, the viewership oh, on the whole definitely. is going to definitely. say you, you can't just do that to get a rise. That's That's shitty. But this was, this felt, this felt good. I mean, you know, hate to see her go, but this mm-hmm. felt, this was, uh, this was a good death, you know? 
She kind of she she serves a neat purpose. She opens up whole new doors by getting out of the way of them. Yeah. Essentially, um, shuts down a lot of shuts down. It it opened more doors than it closed windows. We'll call it that. There is no anything. shame in this death, right? <laughs> um, I enjoyed her scene, and you know we. I don't even know if we need to go on about how much we enjoyed Jerome's uh, yeah. mania during the scene. It, it, he great like, great job, dude. Like he's he's talking to the camera, and then we got like a cop like grunting and crawling, and he just like looks over, interrupted and annoyed, and shoots the guy. Like right, some people have no respect for. Yeah, oh man, right. So uh, Barb tells uh, tells Gordon, "You should get back to the precinct. No telling what's happened since you've right. been there." Okay, he runs back to the precinct, bloodied up <laughs> by stumbles uh, stumbles back to the precinct. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't that's call it anything true. as controlled as a run. Finds everyone, just everyone dead. <laughs> um, it, God, yeah. and then Bullock, Cowboys Bullock back comes in. back. Yeah, Didn't, and we did, we previously I, met. What is that stuff that wanders across the landscape? The little bush weeds or whatever, the little circles of weed. Yeah, I expected oh, tumbleweed. One. Tumbleweeds. I honestly yeah. expected a tumbleweed across Gordon's desk. Ah. Essen's old desk. Wow, wow, wow. Right. It was just, he walks in all standing there, and it's it's just oh man, it's all the cowboy you could expect. You can just hear him. It is. You know, either she understands or she don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you know that she being Scotty, uh, Harvey's fiance, mm-hmm. who doesn't want him to go back to the force. And by right. the way, you know, she seemed to be a very logical, sensible, intelligent, and extremely attractive woman. Mm-hmm. So you know, not a hooker, Harvey. Hold on to that. I, I'm sure. I'm maybe, sure his previous maybe you relationships were full of lovely women, but um, maybe you consult with her briefly. Maybe you try to make before. this make this right with your woman on oh. the way. I, I, he kind of it is. It's about the most machismo filled line you can you can give though, right? Like either she understands or she doesn't. All right. Well, she he didn't say it that way. He did in my head. He, he, That's actually, all I heard. he actually said it with a lot more worry. He was like, she'll understand. And then he kind of like pauses and thinks. Or she won't. He goes, or she won't. <laughs> it was it, it was a lot more worrisome than that. I don't know. That he's not, was selling He's it not or, Jonah Hex. That's what I was hearing is Jonah freaking Hex. That that's, is not what happened. That's exactly sir. what I was hearing. All it right. was still, it was fun to watch those two get back together. Now the entire precinct apparently consists of like Bullock, uh, Enigma, Kringle, Gordon, and mm-hmm. everybody who was in the bathroom when the shooting occurred. Right. Well, um, well, hell, they're both on Fox. They could probably just get you know some of the crew from Brooklyn Nine Nine to come over and help. Yeah, those contracts the gotta GCPD. be like. There's gotta be some wiggle room in the contracts. <laughs> they're having some. Uh, they're having some issues with the vulture being the captain over there on Brooklyn Nine Nine. So. <laughs> A lot of the crew decanted and went to this this precinct. <laughs> right. Right, which you know, Essen dying, you know that opens up the uh, the door for your boy. Which boy? I have many boys. Chickless. Oh yeah. Chickless man. Yeah. <laughs> My pet bulldog. Jowls McJowly. Jowls McJowly the third. Yeah. Um, it I you got to think that's where it is, right? Because there's definitely a staffing issue at this precinct at this point. Um, okay, I, I have a question mildly. for you. Uh huh. How much do you want him to be talking to Gordon about the all the corrupt shit in Gotham and be like, no, those days are over? And how much do you want him to like look up and go, it's clobbering time? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell you this right now. I say this unequivocally. Um, uh-huh. If at any point, I don't care how 
tongue in cheek they're trying to be. He says, it's clobbering time. I will turn off the episode, and I will never watch another. Oh, no. I I stand by it. We're part of a network. We're contractually obligated now. I don't care. I'll watch every other (laughs) damn thing. I will watch Supergirl twice a week to make up for it. Even if it's well done. Even if he says it and Jim just kind of looks at him cockeyed and he's like, eh, never mind. I just honestly don't think there is a possible way they could do that well enough for me not to go, oh, come on, and turn off my television. Maybe even throw something at it. They, uh, may, have a, they may have a small claims court uh, right. uh, case on their docket with you know my $200 television. Okay, okay, okay. What if somebody comes in and calls him commish and he just kind of goes, that's Commissioner Jowls to you <laughs> or whatever it is? <laughs> You can't complain you about car- you cannot complain about cartoony music and then try to turn him into a, a, an actual Looney Tune character. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about turning him in. I just, you know, want vague references to his show, The Commish, his tenure as the thing. Right, right. You know, the best I'll give him is, uh, yeah, if maybe somebody sees him at a distance as he's approaching and they're like, what's that thing? And it's like, oh, it's the dude. I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't I don't really want a damn Fantastic Four reference in the whole thing. I don't. I just don't. If, if they want to do a quick mention of Kamish and he says, I don't like that name or something like that. Okay. Oh, okay. Can we, let's yeah. just ignore the fact that Chickless has ever been employed before this moment. All right. All or if right, we're going right, to do it, right. make it No Ordinary Family. Because the two people who remember that are going to be all on it. All kinds of on it. Yeah. Yeah, he could just be like, this is no ordinary police force. All right, no, that's how it's going to be. He's going to give some winding up speech about how the, the few of us are left or a family, and this is no ordinary family. <sighs> and then proceed to talk the truth. And finishes the, and, yeah, and finishes the speech with, it's clobbering time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Everyone kind of looks weird. He goes, what, you never read comic? Never mind. Right. I would be down for that. I would, that would make me laugh. <laughs> Uh, that wouldn't be a deal breaker for me by any stretch. It's gonna be a dark, dark day. Well, okay, I'm measuring a, that against you know Fish Mooney scooping out an eye. I'm you trying. Know? I'm I'm putting it up against Fish Mooney being thrown into a pool of water, and I'm, I'm putting still it saying no clobbering time. I am putting it up against Jeffrey Combs on a woman's body. It's pretty bad. I, Jeffrey Combs, if Jeffrey Combs' head on a woman's body and screaming in agony in the doll maker's prison. Does it make you turn off the show, but this clobbering time does? You have something wrong with you. No, I made it through Butch doing a remake of that bad SNL moment with Avril Lavigne, and <laughs> I still watched the show. I know. So what's a little clobbering time? It's a lot of clobbering time. Did you see those movies? I think we've already been we've already been clobbered. <laughs> I can't do it. I All can't right. face his jowls and punnery at the same time. I just can't. Oh, it could be a lot of pun. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> oh, anything else for this episode, or we we gotta shuffle off this this uh, this episode? No, uh, the last the last thing was a, an actual problem I had with the episode for realsies. Um, okay, Bruce what Wayne wandering into the active crime scene. Oh no, that was great. I thought I made for a fine moment. It's just, it's, you know, again, in the light of all the things we just named, I still found that unrealistic. Well, I found it at least 
realistic. I mean, normally I, I would assume that there would be a cop standing there to, to stop them from going into the crime scene, but they seem to all be taking a nap on the floor. Right. So, a very, very wet nap. Um, but yeah, touching as hell, man. He goes in and hugs Gordon, mm-hmm. thankful that he's okay. Mm-hmm. Apologizes for being rough on him. Oh, man. Yeah. I believe Alfred I even, even nods. It's pretty touching for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I was down with that. Like, I, liked I didn't the think moment. That was over I just, the top. I, it was just as soon as Bruce wandered in, I, I like my first instinct was like, "Hey, who'd let that kid in here?" Right. But it's an active well, crime scene. I'm, a, I'm assuming any cop is just going to be like, you know what, this kid needs to see the carnage because he donates stuff to <laughs> people, so he could probably <laughs> donate a lot to getting this place back. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's that's pretty high minded though for the the crew that you know wasn't in the bathroom right well i mean this is gotham everyone's got an ulterior ulterior motive they have to think that way right. to survive if they have survived thus far then you they're have always to thinking like, bribes oh. and greased back somewhere right so they're thinking oh let the kid in <sighs> let's let him see get a taste of the real world his parents were killed man i know but this is worse because this is cops Maybe he'll give us some money. Right, right. The kid likes Gordon. Hey, whatever. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's. Have you been watching the same show I've been watching? <laughs> yes, and I still found it a little distracting. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you, man. And by the way, I I seriously doubt they just walked right in. They look like, like they, I think just they just walk right like, in. I mean, the same well, way yeah, Barbara, they a wanted woman, just strolls up to the door. Yeah, that should be more problematic than Bruce and Alfred, you know, in my sixing their way into a into a you know graveyard it, for cops. It kind of, yeah, and it kind of doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know. It's not as weird as it should actually be. Because God, anytime you've actually seen the the cops that aren't the featured cops in the show, mm-hmm. they're all you know three hundred pounds of dumbass. That's about right. Yeah. It Bumbly McBumberson the third. Every one of them. Eh. I guess well, um, no matter how uh, poor they poorly they perform at their job, I guess I really can't call it out of canon for the show so far. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, by the way, I don't think we mentioned it. Eddie did take a, a bullet for Miss Kringle, so I'm he assuming did. that's the. I like. Yeah. I like watching him so, get a little physical, get a little yeah, something going. He, Ooh, man. maybe that'll get you out of your dilemma. Maybe it will. Hmm. Think about how much more confidence he's got now that he's actually taking yeah. a bullet. Maybe that confidence starts crossing over and he starts merging his personalities a little bit more. Because that was the other part is the, that guy keeps saying he's so much more confident. Well, won't chill like chill like me more. Well, now, yeah, you know, Riddler Prime can sit there and say, dude, fuck you. I took a bullet for her. Fuck you, face in the mm-hmm. mirror. Yeah. And, you know, a TV show like Gotham, they their characters are so thin so often, mm-hmm. especially side characters like uh, Eddie and Kringle. Mm-hmm. Um they're pretty thin. I'm sure they can manage their way into thinking like, oh, well, he took the B, so now she'll take the D, no matter how creepy he's been up to this point. Right. <laughs> That's how people work. I, surely. No, but... Oh. Even if I'm right about that and they do use this as a seed to start wrapping up his character, there's going to be more. Because now they've made Mirror, Mirror Enigma an actual character that requires mm-hmm. uh, you know, wrapping up somewhere. So you're stuck with him for a minute. Well... You know what would be funny is if they just killed off everyone on the show and Bruce never becomes Batman at all. <laughs> why you get, I think there's why, no need for Why are you getting all Ben Stiller series. on this shit, man? <clears throat> I don't know why that's Ben Stiller, but... Uh, he has a tendency to try to want to make his movies the, uh, the anti-climax. They rarely let him, but usually his pitch is like, and what if a bus just came and hit the couple in the middle of the film? 
and then we make it about another couple. Okay, why? I don't know, it'd be great. No, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great at all. Uh, anyway, it's, uh, it, we're talking about Ben Stiller at this point. It's time to wrap it. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this news episode of DC On Screen. And we are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you like this show and want to contribute, please remember to give us those five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find every episode at DC On Screen. If you'd like a similar podcast for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, go check out our friends Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall at the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast or mcucast.com. Coming up, we're going to have our 90s Flash series review and our CW Seeds Vixen all coming up over the course of the week. So stay tuned to that, guys. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Visit fergusonshowrooms.com to shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to meet with our experts at your local Ferguson bath, kitchen, and lighting gallery. Together, we'll help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in. Get started on your project and discover extraordinary products like the Pro Grand Range by Thermador. Discount Tire is bringing the madness this March. With online-only savings up to $110, it's time to love March even more. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of.